Hi, and welcome to this audio edition of Polygamy, What Love Is This? with host Doris Hansen. On this program, we discuss polygamy and Mormon fundamentalism from a biblical Christian perspective. We talk about the history of polygamy, its modern-day fruit, share stories from people who have escaped polygamy, and talk about current events relating to polygamy. You can learn more about the video edition of this program at whatloveisthis.tv. And now, here's Doris. Welcome again to Polygamy, What Love Is This? I'm your host, Doris Hansen, and this is part two of our discussion we started last time of an excellent book written by Carol Lynn Pearson entitled The Ghost of Eternal Polygamy. But before we get started, however, we want everyone to know that we will help people who want to escape from polygamy groups. If you're a mother or with children, or if you're a single person, male or female, and you need help getting out, we will help you. Just contact Children Refuge Ministry. The uh, website is on the screen, childrenrefuge.org, or you can call toll-free 877-425-9993, and everything will be held in complete confidence. And if you would like to make comments about any of our shows, or if you have questions, or if you would like to be a guest, you can email us at email at whatloveisthis.tv or call 385-240-2888. And now we'd like to welcome back Earl Erskine as we complete part two this of... This is so fascinating. Uh, ...The Ghost of Eternal Polygamy. Yeah, yes. Carolyn Pearson, well known among us Mormons. She's written a lot of books and... And a lot of people I've talked to about doing this, they they have known who she is, yeah, so yeah. she is not an unknown. No, she's in, a in popular author, and uh, and yeah. it's a very well written book. It's a very good. And we did start, we did part one last time, um, and it explains uh, that although the LDS has put polygamy behind them, polygamy really hasn't put the LDS Church no, behind no, it. No, it's still part of the program. <laughs> so let's do a little more book review of her book. On page 64, she gives us an excellent response to their claim that God commanded polygamy for the purpose of testing his people, much like uh, God commanded yeah. Abraham to sacrifice his son Isaac. Yeah, on the altar there. I do not believe that the God of love works this way. In the terrible story of Abraham being commanded to kill his son Isaac, the knife was raised, but the sacrifice was interrupted before it was enacted. There was no ram in the thicket for the Mormons. The appalling trial of Mormon plural marriage was not interrupted decade after decade, and the painful story continues today. Isaac is spared. Mormon women are, are not. And that's true. Again, yeah. again that's a, a good insight she has. But I take exception. This is not a terrible story no, about the story of Abraham and I. It's actually a very beautiful story that profoundly illustrates the biblical doctrine of substitution, which was fulfilled by Jesus Christ when he took our place on the cross paying for our sins. The point she made, however, is good because the Mormons have no substitution for their polygamy. At one point, the author yeah. talks about her life falling apart because of a failed marriage that had been sealed in the temple. And she said that as she picked up the pieces of her shattered life, she said that when she picked up the piece of polygamy, which she referred to as God-ordained polygamy, she took that piece, and rather than taking it back, she threw it away. <laughs> we quote on page 70. Thousands and thousands of women and men in today's LDS church still live with sadness or fear or anger and confusion, some weeping into the night because of the ghost of eternal polygamy. 
something went terribly wrong, and I believe that God insists, and insists very loudly, that we Latter-day Saints do everything we can to put it right. We will not leave the pain unattended. We are better than that. Hmm, I think that's interesting, and we're going to yeah. get into an interesting topic as we discuss this further as she goes into the book. She goes on to say that she believes that seeing Joseph Smith's polygamy as a mistake is the kindest way <laughs> to evaluate it and the surest way to correct it. But how can that be? I know. If Joseph Smith prophesied that God said polygamy was required or else you would be condemned to hell, he even threatened Emma with destruction in section 132 and Brigham Young repeated that command and John Taylor did and Wilfred Woodruff did and Heber C. Kimball did and Orson Pratt and Lorenzo Snow and Joseph F. Smith and all the ones they call prophets they all preached the same thing about yeah. polygamy that polygamy was God's eternal command for this life and the next and to reject it was certain damnation how can you correct something that God apparently commanded and validated through so many prophets? Being imperfect is not a valid justification to trash a command if God really commanded it. Of course, the truth is God did not command polygamy, so it should be trashed, <laughs> but not if Joseph Smith keeps his prophet status. A former member of a bishopric responded to her survey like this. It is so frustrating to me as a leader that this policy has changed entire lives for the worst and driven these good people from the church. I pray for a change that would ease the minds of so many people. Now, he refers to polygamy as a policy. Yeah, yeah, he does. It isn't a policy. It was a commandment. A commandment that Joseph Smith said was a new and everlasting covenant, a revelation from God Almighty. Leaders have no authority to make changes, and members have no right to demand changes if it truly came from God. Now, we have had countless emails and telephone calls from viewers and listeners from the LDS faith who chastise us and condemn us for connecting today's polygamy groups with the modern-day LDS church. They remind us over and over again that polygamy was banned with a manifesto, that they don't do polygamy anymore, and to stop connecting them with polygamy groups. But Pearson's book rightly states that polygamy may have been divorced by the LDS Church from current practice, but polygamy is not divorced from the LDS Church's current doctrine and future, future. requirement. Yeah. One of the responses this author received proves our point. Polygamy is my heritage, but as a child, young adult, and then a wife and mother, I always knew that, I, that it could also be my future. When I began studying the history of my pioneer Mormon ancestors, I had to face head-on all my fears surrounding polygamy. I also had to face that, despite a few public statements to the contrary, plural marriage is still very much a part of the LDS doctrine. Recently, I heard with my own ears one of the Twelve Apostles proclaim that he fully expected to have with him for eternity the wife he currently lives with as well as the one who passed away. I felt overcome with grief. I've always believed in a loving Father in Heaven who cared for his daughters as much as his sons. But everything about polygamy yelled out to the contrary. Mormon Heaven would be hell for me. Soon I began to see all of the other ways the church devalues women, and I ceased to believe. 
I hope that someday the church will officially disavow the concept of plural marriage and fully embrace women as equal partners with man. Until then, I find much greater peace outside the LDS church. Interesting, isn't it? Yeah. And, and this person called polygamy the con a concept. The other one called it a policy. policy. Yeah, th that's not what it was ever intended to be no. from the beginning. It seems that members see the LDS Church as an organization where everyone gets to pick and choose which doctrines to believe in or reject or change. They embrace the idea that the living prophet can change even what Jesus said and call it progressive revelation and more acceptable than what has been said before. This, of course, is nonsense. The Bible proclaims Jesus Christ alone is our only living prophet. All people who teach anything different or change what Jesus said are false prophets and must be rejected. Jesus said in John 12:48 that the very word he has spoken will be our judge. Pearson writes about the hell that Emma Smith must have endured as she learned of her husband's polygamous relationships. Mm -hmm. She and many others have detailed how awful the modern-day Mormon polygamous lifestyle is and the grief that polygamous women and children suffer, yet at the same time they are strutting proud of their own Mormon polygamist heritage. Why do they think that they can condemn today's polygamists and condone and honor their ancestors' polygamy, especially Joseph Smith's? On page 86, one woman wrote this. When I read in the Doctrine and Covenants about how Emma Smith was threatened that God will destroy her if she did not accept polygamy, I realize that if God didn't care about Emma's feelings, he certainly wouldn't care about mine. This led... Apologize. This led to depression and anger. I secretly hated God. Yeah, and I can relate to this woman's experience. <laughs> I'm here to tell you. The God of Joseph Smith, or the God of polygamy, is a God who conjured up polygamy, and he is very unlikable. He's a very rejectable God. Of course, he's a false God, I must add. And I wanted nothing to do with the God of Joseph Smith after I left. Mm. And hundreds of people today uh, who escape from polygamy or the LDS Church uh, escape into a godless worldview yeah. because the only God they know about is this greedy, unfeeling, unsympathetic, unrelenting, misogynist, polygamous God. But this is a monster. It isn't the true God at all. One of the letters that she received compared Joseph Smith's doctrine of polygamy with Warren Jeffs, and she felt shame that there was any connection. She connected the dots yeah, there. She, she called polygamy a smoking gun that destroyed Mormonism for her. But educators and teachers in the LDS organization have and do continue sure. to teach eternal polygamy. Yeah, from page 89, a number of institute teachers at the University of Utah were absolutely insistent that polygamy was required for exaltation, and they made sure we knew it. We could just feel the tension and apprehension in the room. Section 132 of the Doctrine and Covenants, especially the be destroyed part, was drilled into us. We women specifically were told that our monogamous views were simply a product of our culture and that once we were on the other side, our eyes would be opened and we wouldn't have any problem with it. Bludgeon is the right term. I have felt bludgeoned with polygamy. Okay, <laughs> another, another very good comment. Well, if she felt bludgeoned with the teachings of polygamy in her class, 
Imagine how contemporary polygamists must feel. They are born from polygamous parents, raised on polygamy doctrine, reared in a polygamy group, indoctrinated from the cradle with polygamy or damnation. If she feels bludgeoned, how do you think these modern day girls feel growing up this way? All of this from a man whom today's LDS still revere as a prophet from God. On page 114, she writes about pioneer Mormon polygamy statistics. It would be statistically impossible for all men to practice polygamy, but according to the church's official website, probably half of those living in Utah Territory in 1857 experienced life in a polygamous family as a husband, wife, or child at some time during their lives. 50%? Yeah. Of, of the pioneer Mormons suffered under Joseph Smith's error <laughs> of polygamy. Yeah. Now, I know some of the leaders in the past have said, well, there was only 2 or 3% that was involved with polygamy, but that's a blatant lie. Yeah. And more women than men uh, kind of thing. And, right, yeah. and that's a lie too, because yeah. we've got all of the, the <laughs> census reports from those times, so we know that that's yeah. not true. So this imperfect prophet made an astronomical error about how Mormons were to earn exaltation into the Mormon celestial kingdom. I mean, if he made an, it, it, it was required for salvation. Yeah. He said so. Yeah. In order to get and to the, the other, celestial glory. And the other prophets supported that all the way along. And they got it wrong? <laughs> and they still want to retain him as a prophet? Uh, is, do you, that's a risk I don't want to take yeah. for my eternity. Of course, there's always Jesus. Jesus, who was perfect, who never made a mistake, who didn't get it wrong when he preached the way to heaven. There's always Jesus, who is the Savior, who did teach there were no marriages in heaven, and that monogamy was God's original and his only design for marriage. Well, after church... Church-authorized polygamy was uh, ended in 1904 with the Second Manifesto. Much suffering of plural wives was relieved. That's true. But (laughs) many women continued to suffer, especially if they had been plural wives, second or third wives. She tells the tragic story of a particular plural family where the husband became ill and died The first wife held legal title to his property, and she gave a small plot of unproductive land to the second (laughs) wife. We quote part of this story as it reads from the diary of the second wife's 13-year-old son. You see this little boy out here. Her 13-year-old Enoch, now the man of the family, wrote in his journal, Picked at the ground all day, we're starving to death, must get seeds in the ground and water to the seeds before fall comes. By high noon, hit more rocks than dirt, and just put my head in my head and cried and cried. Isn't that sad? Yeah. Because the land was unworkable, and that was the only land that she got from her dead husband. But this was Mormon pioneer polygamy, and certainly nothing for anyone to be proud of. The strain of so many years of bitter heartbreak in this family, and lack of any help that she got, or having enough food because the first wife was still driven by hatred and jealousy even though their shared husband was dead. Hmm. This stress and worry drove the second wife to a nervous breakdown. She was committed to a mental hospital where she died. All this because of polygamy from an imperfect prophet who made a mistake? 
That's a gigantic mistake, isn't yeah, it? Yeah. They call themselves God's people, doing God's will. But God's people don't do these things. And God's will is always to help others. It certainly is not to allow families to starve to death or tolerate abuse in polygamy. Now, this isn't, by the way, an isolated no. situation in early Mormon polygamy because the Mormon's <laughs> beloved Orson Pratt, there's a story about one of his wives who lived in Tooele. He neglected her and her three young children. They were very, very young children. And she also starved to oh, death. Oh, my goodness. Orson Pratt's yeah. plural wife. Well, since Joseph Smith's time, polygamists have always called polygamy a higher law of yeah. God. The Mormon polygamy groups call it that today. The they still law. call it that. They call it a higher law of God. But how can a higher law of God cause so much pain, so much jealousy, and so much anxiety? If this is a higher law of God, then he is not a good God. If he did command polygamy, he cannot have the title of being a God of love. Yet anyone who knows the true God knows that he is good and that he is love. And besides all that, higher law or not, the Bible in Galatians chapter 3 verse 10 tells us that if we rely on any law, we're under a curse. Grace is God's method of getting humans to heaven, not some higher law of any kind, especially of polygamy. Now, on page 127, the author yeah. shares an interesting letter that she received from a person whose great-great-grandfather was president of the LDS Church. She wrote this. On page 127, he had six wives. They had a family reunion every year where everyone wears a name tag indicating which wife you were from. It turns my stomach about how excited these people get about this polygamy celebration every year. I refuse to go anymore. It's just weird how they talk about it like it is the greatest thing ever. Did you ever do that when you were in the LDS church? No, no. I was from a second wife of a, of a John Streeter Gleason, but uh -huh. uh, we didn't ever have any reunions, and I didn't ever wear her name around or anything. So. <laughs> and you never talked with other people who were from polygamous wives and say, oh, I no. was from so-and-so, no. and I was from his third wife. Yeah. Well, I was from, it know. is funny. It's kind of a funny disconnect how we embrace that part of our heritage that we're well, we're proud to say that we're from polygamous but then con condemn polygamy itself yeah. so it is funny yeah. and and how they say oh that must be awful because it's in the news a lot now especially the yeah. flds oh that must be awful escaping polygamy without the kingston polygamy group yeah. you know oh they live terrible lives this is a horrible thing and yet that's exactly <laughs> what their heritage, their heritage. Is. they yeah. celebrate their heritage who <laughs> did that exact same thing and it wasn't any better then than it is today no i it, wouldn't think so uh, it's an interesting contrast that the LDS will chastise us for connecting uh, polygamists with the LDS. They decry modern-day polygamists and condemn men like Warren Jeffs, yet at the same time they celebrate their own polygamist heritage. Well, we don't have time. This is a, a pretty thick book, and a lot of it is about the responses that she got from her 8,000 respondents to her survey. But uh, we wanted to do... We want, we want to just pull in together, not full letters, but some one-liners that will give you an idea of what her respondents were feeling and their experiences of, of looking at polygamy as being in their future yeah. and in their heaven. So um, 
Some of these one-liners? Some of these one-liners, yeah. It broke her mother's heart. I abhor polygamy. This could not have been the work of any god. And that's good because it, right, <laughs> it is not the work of any god. Another one, uh, many active Mormons avoid thinking about all the harm that polygamy created. And we just talked about I, that. I it's, totally agree with that. Polygamy was a man-made error, just like many other incorrect doctrines. Our doctrine of heavenly parents is nothing more than than lip service. Now yeah. I found that rather interesting yeah, that is. a Mormon would write back yeah. and say that's just lip service, yeah. and of course it is. It's it's yeah. it's not true, obviously, from biblical doctrine. And Joseph Smith, by the way, never changed any of these things in in his revised version of the Bible. No, no. And nor will you find it in the Book of Mormon. Nope. That's true. Okay, the next one-liner is, I long for a simpler Christian view of heaven, not darkened <laughs> by the shadows of polygamy. And you know what? That's so simple because they can have it just like that if they would turn to Jesus and reject Joseph Smith and just accept the truths of Jesus Christ. They can have that Christian view of heaven. Yeah. Amazing. Yep. Last one here. I ache for the thousands upon thousands of women who have suffered and still suffer under this doctrine. And that's true. And the people are, are feeling what the polygamists have felt uh, in the past and are feeling today. Well, chapter 8 of her book deals mostly with the idea of a polygamous mother, or shall we say mothers, yes. in heaven. And, and that isn't mentioned much, that there might be multiple mothers, but there must be, the way yeah, they, their doctrine is. And, and we won't go into detail about that topic, because we've done several shows uh, about the mother in heaven. Uh, but it is based on the idea, of course, that God himself is a polygamist, and they also teach that Jesus is a polygamist. All of these ideas are horrible heresies, and they have no biblical basis at all. Nor does the Book of Mormon indicate this is true, and even Joseph Smith's revision of the Bible says nothing of heavenly parents, heavenly polygamists, or heavenly harems. <laughs> we want to, to bring this uh, to a close with some quotes that reveal what people inside the LDS Church think of gender equality in the LDS Church today. One, one person had written in that, that gender equality just doesn't exist <laughs> in the LDS Church, that God loves his sons more than he loves his daughters. And so we keep that in mind as he reads this quote. I believe that Joseph is a prophet, but I also believe Joseph made mistakes, serious mistakes, and that polygamy was one of those. By their fruit ye shall know them, and the fruits of polygamy have not been good. I choose to have faith that things will get better for Mormon women regarding how we are allowed to view ourselves and our eternal futures. The ongoing legacy of polygamy and Mormonism breeds sexism, shame, confusion, fear, feelings of inadequacy for many women, and feelings of entitlement in men. And I think that's true. I think it does bring out entitlement in men. Yeah. I know I've, I've talked to LDS men and missionaries, yeah. and, and of course polygamy always comes <laughs> up, and I've had them say, I look forward to it. They believe they're going to live it in the millennium. And in heaven, and and they have told me they look forward to when that's going to happen. Yeah, and I just almost cry. Say you don't even know what you're talking about because it's just awful. And I also want to make another um, comment where she said, "I choose to have faith that things will get better for yeah. Mormon women." You know, that's you can, always our attitude. You can choose to have faith about this or that or something else or five other things. You yeah. know, but choosing to have faith. 
the faith isn't what's important. The no. object of your faith is what's important. Yeah. And if the object of their faith is that Mormonism is going to get better, their object, they've got the wrong object. Yeah. The object of your faith should be Jesus Christ and only Jesus, nothing else. Yeah. Because everything, he's the truth and everything will fall into place. If you take your, your faith off of of the uh, wrong object and onto the correct object. And finally, the author shares her opinion that section 132 of the Doctrine and Covenants should receive an inspired revision and plural marriage removed from Mormon scripture so that women and girls will be spared the wounding to their femaleness that they enjoy today. But how can a religion change its doctrine and still be a true, true religion? If they have an unchanging God, and the Book of Mormon says they do have an unchanging God. Yeah, Moroni 8.18 says, For I know that God is not a partial God, neither a changeable being, but he is unchangeable from all eternity to all eternity. So they can't change it. No. A religion or church that believe they can change God's doctrine because they don't like it, have the wrong religion, they have the wrong God, the wrong scriptures, they're on the wrong path. Jesus said this. Yeah, a couple of quotes from John. Jesus answered, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. And then John 6, then they asked him, what must we do to, to do the works God requires? And Jesus answered, the work of God is this, to believe in the one he has sent. So Jesus is all we need for our yeah. journey to celestial glory. We do not need Joseph Smith or the LDS Church or polygamy or the Doctrine and Covenants, or revised revisions of any scriptures. All we need is Jesus Christ and Him crucified, because we are saved by grace, not by works of any kind. There is no other way to heaven, and no other name named by whom we must be saved. There's no higher law, there's yeah. no polygamy, there's no Joseph Smith, there's just... Jesus Christ and Him only. So that's our uh, complete part two of our yeah. book, uh, of, of our good. review of the book. There was a lot more in it. Uh, I was amazed a, that she was able to get 8,000 people to respond. Isn't that great? Yeah, it is. In fact, I heard that it, it happened over a very quick period of time. So I think this is something, and I know it was on our minds as a married, is on our mind, was on our minds as a married couple. Mm -hmm. With, with my wife Carla that we talked about polygamy It's in the always in the back of their mind. Yeah. It's always there whether always they like there. it or not. And then there, the pain that it, they would always say, well, God will work it out. Things will be better yeah. when we get there. But that's not true. Yeah. Everything is perfect in heaven. And polygamy is not perfect. And it's it not is. God's yeah. will. Monogamy is. Thanks again, Earl, you for sharing doors. our show and yeah. helping out with this. You, you know, all of the pain and the agonizing about eternal polygamy could be completely avoided and replaced with the, a profound joy if the LDS would just believe Jesus and reject what Joseph Smith taught. Jesus alone is to be followed and believed and received. Jesus said monogamy is God's design for marriage. <clears throat> Jesus said we will not experience <clears throat> marriage relationship in heaven. That alone shows Joseph Smith was wrong, that the LDS and polygamy group teachings contradict what Jesus Christ taught. Why call him Lord and Savior if you don't believe what he said and how he said to be saved? He's the Savior, not polygamy. A true disciple of Jesus will reject everything else and follow only him, because Jesus alone is the way to heaven. Thanks for watching, and God bless. <clears throat> 
This has been the audio podcast edition of Polygamy, What Love Is This? This program is a production of A Shield and Refuge Ministry and Main Street Church of Brigham City. You can view current and past video episodes as well as download audio episodes of this program at whatloveisthis.tv. If you or someone you know is in need of assistance in leaving a polygamous situation, please contact us. We are here to help. All of our contact information can be found at shieldandrefuge.org or call us at 877-425-9993. If you have any questions or comments about this or any of our other programs, we'd love to hear from you. Write us at email at whatloveisthis.tv. Thanks for listening, and we hope you'll join us again.